0: You're listening to The Marginally Geeky Show, the epically geeky book club.
1: Greetings and welcome to The Marginally Geeky Show. I'm your host for the evening, Eugene Stevens. Tonight I'm joined by, well, the whole the whole cast and crew's here tonight, so it's an awesome night. Um, we did not have an episode in December, uh, just life, you know how life gets to you um and instead of doing the book we were originally we going to do we're actually going to do a um a first for us and, and hopefully it may even become like a uh, a recurring thing i think it actually you know depending on how well it goes I'm, I'm i'm looking forward to tonight's topic we're going to talk about all the other books that we read or listened to over 2022 that we didn't talk about on the show um i've actually got quite a list so we're not going to go super in-depth but uh, I, I think it should be a fun show. So how's everyone doing tonight?
2: All right. All right. All right.
1: Uh, well, with that said, would anyone like to go first? What's a book that you you read that we did not cover on the show?
3: I'll, I'll, I'll go. On. Yeah, why not? All right, I, Ray. I oh, guess, sir, because... There's one that I really, really enjoyed, and if you're Canadian, I think every Canadian should listen to this one. If you're not Canadian, you'll get a little bit of our culture on this one. Um, Off the Record by Peter Mansbridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, get the audio book, because he, he, reads, he it. reads it himself. Okay. Uh, prominent, like he was our Walter Cronkite. Okay. Like yeah. He was...
0: Him and Noah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he, no he was the big...
3: Everybody saw uh him give the news, and he goes over his career, but he also talks about some really key uh things political that moments political moments as well as yeah. uh world moments that uh, throughout the entire thing and it was yeah, it was really well done Okay, and cool it, too entertaining yeah. too so yeah, so it's world news, but through Canadian eyes, yeah,
1: cool, Chris, you want to go next sure,
0: um so I read that too with him um the one that Ray got me a book for Christmas last Christmas, 2021. Um And it was then it like blew up all over a book talk. And it's called The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab. Um And it's a really good, it's a good book. I didn't like, it didn't change my life. I didn't cry or anything like that. Like some people did, but it's, it's an interesting story about a girl um basically in the 1700s was being married off. And didn't want to. In the night of her wedding, she prayed to the things that go bump in the night, and they made a deal. And what it was was she had immortality, but nobody would ever remember her. The moment they looked away, she ceased to exist, and then they would bring their attention back, and they would have forgotten that they met her at all. So it goes through how she went, how she's been going through her life for the last 300 years, and then she finally meets somebody who remembers her. Interesting. So the dynamic in that, and so it's uh, it's interesting that way. There's a, she's pansexual, so there's a you know sort of ways she you know how she just stays alive and the things she's just gotten used to doing over 300 years, and then getting kind of turned around when somebody actually finally remembers her. And it's it's a good read. It, it's you know it's a bit meaty. I think it's like 400 or something pages, but yeah.
1: It's an interesting topic.
0: Yeah, it is. I haven't read a book quite like that.
1: Mm-hmm. An interesting idea uh jen you want to go next
4: sure um so i kind of made a little goal for myself at the beginning of last year to read one book a month which mm-hmm. was kind of ambitious at the time because i was in school and reading non-stop for that but i did good up until actually like May and then my life fell apart, as a lot of you know. So, um, I did that through May and then I'm looking at my list and it's like I started over in October (laughs) and then I read five more books. So, um, I read 10 books, including book club books, which isn't bad for every the way my life went last year. But, uh, the one, the first one I read that wasn't on the show was Climate Justice by Mary Robinson, who is former president of Ireland and I've kind of fangirled over her for years because she was on a podcast, a feminist podcast. I listened to a feminist climate podcast called mothers of in invention. And, um, her voice is just like musical cause she's Irish and she's older and she's just, you know, really smart. So anyways, um, I saw her book randomly at a thrift shop over there for like one euro and I scooped mm-hmm. it up very quick read, very, um, easy read because it was like inspiring stories by, women who have been working in the field of, you know, climate justice or just improving their local environment and a couple of men in there, too, but mostly women. And it was it was just like an uplifting book showing the positive things happening in that space. And sometimes, you know, it's really depressing to hear about all the problems. But this was highlighting some of the solutions and good things happening. So, yeah, it was quick, easy read. And um I suggest it for anyone looking for, you know, something a little.
1: Inspiring. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Sean, what about you? What was what's first book on your list?
2: Um, I'm going with a nonfiction. (laughs) Jen, I invented the modern age. (laughs) She gave me a little bit of grief. Anyway, it's um, it's uh the story of Henry Ford. Okay. So and it's like the beginning and it's yeah it's all it's got the cars and stuff like that but it was really interesting a uh, story about like all these tycoons like Rockefeller and stuff like that, like how their lives intertwined at that beginning, like to come up with the first vehicle. And um, he basically invented the uh, modern assembly line kind of mm-hmm. thing. And, but it goes into his life. And I it, it was an enjoyable listen. I, uh I, I, it was one of those ones that I was like, "Yeah, what's going to happen next?" kind of thing. And I like biographies kind of thing, so this was an interesting one.
1: Nice. Um, my first one, I actually am going through my list um, chronologically as I listen to them on Audible. Uh, the first one was uh, something I actually had high hopes for. It just didn't really pan out. And it's also an autobiography. It's uh, "Truths, Half Truths, and Little White Lies" by Nick Frost. And I love Nick Frost. I love him in pretty much everything I ever see him in. And his book was just okay. I get, I don't know. Uh, he he's had a rough life, um, and he 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 does owe a lot of it to uh, Simon Pegg for kind of like helping him get where he's at in in his life. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. He reads it himself, and it's just um, it's just okay. It wasn't. It didn't really grab me. Uh, like some uh, uh, autobiographies do, uh, especially whenever you know it, the person's reading it themselves. Um, but yeah, it was it was okay. It's not a bad book, but it's not it's not. Um, I don't know. I don't know exactly what I was hoping for, but it just it was just okay. Like I enjoy. I'm like okay, well this was an alright book. So, but uh, nothing nothing really to write home about. So, all right, Ray, what's your next one?
3: Um, I'm now I may be mixing up the. Titles. Uh, I know that we... And, and also when I read them, but the next is kind of a, a list of series. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to remember what... I believe it was Black Fall that came after Angel Killer. Yes. So I'll, I'll put that one on there because I, it was close enough to 2022. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, when I actually listened to this one. But yeah, uh, uh, Blackfall... The follow up because we did listen or we did read um, uh, Angel Killer yeah. mm-hmm. uh, the podcast or uh, uh, but we we didn't do the follow up yet. Um, right. So I I've gone through that series based on some of these recommendations. So um, yeah, that would be that, that's my next one. Blackball. Uh, it's kind of hard to go through without spoiling a bunch of stuff. Uh, so go go listen to. Angel Killer first, obviously, and then Blackwell. Um, you follow her next murder mystery, so yeah.
1: Essentially, yep. Uh, Chris?
0: Uh, yeah, so I'll do Chronological 2. Um, I, I re-listened to Quartershare, and we all know where that's going. Um, and then the next one I read, and I read read this one, um, Ray got me the, the collected works of um, The Chronicles of Narnia, and I'd never okay. read before, and I'd only seen the movie, so I read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And I could see myself as a kid loving it, just mm-hmm. eating it up. It's so fast. I didn't realize how quickly paced it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I just finished The Silver Chair, which was the fourth book. Um, but, yeah, it's really quick. It's super cute, very English. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I just – I liked it because I liked the movies, too. I thought they were visually stunning. So, But it's a very quick – but I could see, like, younger Chris, like, gobbling up. Whole story. I have
4: had a fully sealed collection of all those books <laughs> since I was a kid and never opened them and read them. <laughs> I, I never watched the movies, but I know I would love it. I just oh, like, yeah. really got around They're whimsical, they're
0: they're cute, but definitely you can tell the time period that they're written in. And, and, and the country that they're mm-hmm. in, because I just finished The Silver Chair and there were some drunk scenes in it. And I'm like, who puts a drunk scene in a kid's book? English people do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
4: Was it that series that was like based on, or was a commentary on something? Was it religion, or? I have no. Oh, there's a th- lot of. There's some deeper. And yeah. I'm not that.
1: I'm not that person that goes, "Oh, well, that's clearly an allegory oh. to, you know, the the birth of Christ." And no, no yeah. it is very overt. But I'm, mm. I'm just like, no, I thought it was an all right movie, an all right series, and an all right, you know, movie yeah. or whatever. So. But
0: yeah, the language it would be a really good uh, book to read aloud to kids too.
1: Mm. It's one of those things that. I, I enjoyed the first movie, and I know they kind of they try, they, they produced a couple more of them, and it just it just fell apart. Like they needed someone strong to be able to power through them, like they did Harry Potter or something else. To you know, be like, all right, we've got the funding, we've got everything set up, we can we can do this series. We've just got to stick to it and get it done.
0: And well, and with it with the and I didn't know this. Every couple of books, the characters change, like who's going to be in them. So that might have been a bit of an issue. Plus, mm-hmm. it was coming out at the same time as Harry Potter and probably got lost. In
1: the- yeah, I think that's probably why.
0: Because that was like the Golden Compass. That was the problem. That Plus, apparently, that movie was terrible and not at all. The <laughs> um, but yeah, but I, I think, yeah, it's a really, really interesting, cute book. And I thought, oh, The Silver Chair is my favorite. So far, that one.
1: <laughs> nice. Jen, what's your next one?
4: Um, I was just noticing that, like, all the books I'm going to mention tonight, except for one, are nonfiction. So, <laughs> this is another nonfiction book. Um, okay. it's called No Friend But the Mountain, and it's by Beiruz Buchani, who is, um, a Kurdish journalist who fled Kurdistan, which is in Iran, um, due to political persecution, and was, he, he basically fled to Australia as, Um, what they would call an illegal immigrant, was detained in um, their illegal prisons in Papua New Guinea. And he wrote this book from prison. He was in prison for like five years with other um, refugees. And it's it's like heartbreaking because it talks about, you know, what they went through and just like the hell of getting there and living in that Institution and, um, it really highlights, you know, something that I didn't know about in Australia that had been going on for years until they, you know, stopped it a few years ago. But this, the illegal detaining of all these refugees who are just trying to, like, you know, seek asylum and get in. And, um, I, I found out about the book because we read an article for it in school and then I had to read the book based on that. And, you know, it was just like really interesting and sad and, um, moving. And it's like, Part um, part narrative, part poems that he wrote, but it was all translated from Kurdish and Iranian, I think, um, because he actually, like, texted this book passage by passage on WhatsApp from an illegal phone in the prison, so it's, like, really dark. and.
1: I was going to ask how yeah. he wrote the book from prison, yeah. but... It That's was,
4: crazy. It was hard to figure out because he goes back and forth. But then I kind of read the, you know, introduction by the translator and he was like, yeah, he literally like it, some of it was interviews, but he would just get like texts and then be dark for months and then come back and get all these texts at once. And sometimes his phone was, you know, discovered. And I was like, how do you even have service when you're in prison? It's like <laughs> amazing. You know, but now he um, he was able to leave and he's now living in new zealand i think he still doesn't have the ability to travel to australia but he has received the australian government's like highest award in literature somehow which is really ironic that you know he's not even allowed in the country so but really interesting guy really um yeah that's crazy Sad, sad story but yeah it highlights a really bad situation happening all over the world in the u.s too
1: so uh sean what's your next one
2: I'm going to, uh, do an entire series and steal about 30 books from Eugene here. Uh, the Expeditionary Force.
1: That was a couple, what, couple down on my thing, but yes, I grouped all of them together too.
2: Starting with Columbus Day, ending with Failure Mode, plus a few extra books for the Mavericks, um, by Craig Allenson. I don't, think we'll ever do that on this show because there's just so many books. No, yeah. But highly recommend. This I agree. W- you got to love Skippy. I'm wearing the Skippy shirt now. There you <laughs> go.
3: That's awesome. <laughs> that's that's got to be like a, a one month where the, like just one show where you and I like all three of us talk about it. but We won't include Chris because she's not continuing with the
2: series, but
5: uh. <laughs> Oh, <so sad>. <laughs> uh. <laughs>
2: And, but yeah, the Expeditionary Force. If you're into science fiction and comedy, it is yes. it is great. Some of the some of the books get like seriously, we're doing this again kind of thing. But because yeah. there is so many of them, yeah. but all in all, just a tremendous series.
1: Ray, would you agree with what Sean and I were saying? Yes, it does seem to get kind of repetitive, and then you hit book ten. And then things kind of change. It's like, yeah. okay, we're still going to go into stuff, but we're hitting a completely different angle now.
3: So book 10 is repetitive until the very end of it. Then it's like, oh, shit. Yeah. Um, book 11, I'm not going to lie to you. It's taking a little bit to get into it. Um, Only because there's a lot of recap. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a lot of like, okay, this is kind of what's happening. Uh, And there's a lot of like, um, oh well we're going to go do this and well nothing happened and we did and, and nothing happened it's like okay so I'm waiting for the shoe to drop I'm waiting for that thing to continue the story mm-hmm. uh, and it's not happening yet and there's other <laughs> books that have come out that I want to read instead yeah so I'm on book 11 but yeah it's uh, so yeah I've from book one through to 11, I'm, I'm there. Just 11 seems to be dragging its heels a little bit before it gets into the story.
2: <laughs> and just a tip to the listeners that actually do take this on, skip the radio drama. It <laughs> has a lot of big names, but it just screws with you. It's not yeah, that it's good. Yeah,
1: it's not as good. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, well,
2: oh.
3: Thinking about it, though, if you pretend that it's Skippy's uh, version where he gets to hire all these actors maybe that's the way to listen to it
2: the problem is that you already have the voices and all that built in your head and yep. then you get someone actually doing it but it's different it just totally i agree with sean that.
1: it didn't mess with me i don't uh, think it messed with me as much as it messed with him but i agree it was just like this is not him this is, not, is not him <laughs>
2: i did like zachary quinto he was good because he was a new character Mm-hmm. So, I didn't have an established voice in my head. So, and then whenever they talked about him, which was very rare, but I had that voice in my head. So, Zachary Quinto, that was fine because yeah. he's cool. But the rest, <laughs> ah, established characters and then they change the voice. No, not cool.
1: <laughs> I will say one other thing. One of the reasons why I was able to do it's like what, 17, 18 books or something like this in the mm-hmm. series um not jokingly i know sean said 30 but seriously it's like 18 19 books it's ridiculous um uh if you're doing it on audible i don't know if this is still the case but you may have to buy the first two or three books and then there's a good section of them that are free if you have an audible account for a while there they were all free and i like that's how i picked up a ton of them
2: yeah or they always come on sale too for like a couple bucks that that too Caveat to that
3: is that's only in the states. If you okay. are audible.ca, yeah. that they want it
2: that way. Oh, I'm sorry. I kept an audible.com. I never switched to the ca. Yeah, I regret that. <laughs> I figured.
1: <laughs> um, I'm going to my next one is also going to be a series, a much shorter one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, the the series the name of the series is the Reckoners. It's three books: Steelheart, Firefly, Firefight, and Calamity. Um it's by uh brandon sanderson it's an okay so here's the thing i was reading it and i'm just like okay this is another you know another take on what if basically like you know superheroes were assholes or you know they were jerks or whatever and of course at this point i've already you know i've already been watching the boys uh so you know i already (laughs) i already have you know that or whatever and so this is a much tamer thing the other thing is I'm, i'm listening to it and i'm just like God, there's a lot of whiny kids in this. I mean, why do we always why does it always have to be the young people that are gonna save the world and everything else? And, Get off my lawn. Yeah. <laughs> and
2: much.
1: then Sean brings up something that completely helps me rectify the whole thing. He's like, You know, that's a YA series, right? And I'm just like, Nope, I must have missed that because now that to- that totally fits in. I'm just like, so yeah. that's why he was so whiny and just like, Oh, I like her, but I can't tell her. I'm just like, fucking man up, dude. Like you have superpowers. <laughs> Tell the and, girl you like her. Done. Yeah.
2: I like yeah, I read that series too, and it was but I knew going into it. I did not. It and, it was
1: just one an audible recommendation and not, it recommended it to me for at least a year or so. It was like and over and over that and was again, like
2: Brandon Sanderson, right? Yeah. Yeah, who also co wrote and wrote the last of the Wheel of Time series. Okay. He was yeah, when Robert Jordan was becoming ill mm-hmm. Brandon he picked up the ball oh, okay he worked with him and then his widow gave or yeah what's his name uh anyway the widow gave Brandon all the notes
1: okay. to finish
2: off the wheel of time series
1: I did not realize that was him yeah I'd heard so, that happened but I didn't realize it was him
2: and then I was trying to well that's what drew me to that series because I'm like oh it's he wrote the wheel of time and granted and i wasn't huge on the ending and all that but at least he finished it so he knows what he's doing and then it was like ah, uh, teeny bopper shit Fuck. Yeah. and then after reading the first one i was like well the premise is kind of cool the characters are kind of stupid but let's see where this goes
1: yeah i had to finish it and uh i returned all three of those books i was like i will not come back to this series yeah so. So anyway, uh, so yeah, the the Reckoner series. If you're oh, if you're definitely, if you're okay with it being a YA book, uh, Sean's right. The characters are kind of annoying, but the idea is kind of cool. Basically, this this thing happens and turns certain people into superheroes. But whenever it does, the more you use your powers, the bigger asshole essentially you become. Like you just you you, it's like your humanity is just worn away, mm-hmm. and so it's like well. Are these people becoming superheroes because they were already assholes, or were these people normal people, and now they've become assholes because yeah. of this? And so that is kind of interesting as they explore that. But Keep you know, just...
4: firing, <laughs> assholes. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: I just watched that video the other
4: day. By the way, the boys
1: want to watch that. I need to sit down and watch that with
3: themselves.
4: So. Uh,
1: All right, Ray, what's your next one? It's been long enough. I need to watch that one go <laughs> again. Uh, uh,
3: watch Party! Party! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I did confirm that uh, Blackfall I did read in January of last year, so... Okay, there you go. <laughs> uh, so I'll just go with the next one, which is The Naturalist um, uh, from Andrew mean. Um that, What were your thoughts on that? So this is our introduction to the uh, the other character, essentially, uh, that he intertwines with the other... Um, Theo Cray. Yeah. Uh, it was interesting. Um the first book, I was a little bit annoyed with the main character only because it took a while to um, to get him going and and actually like uh, get him into the the process of wanting to dig into the the detective part of it. Mm-hmm. He was in the detective part of it, and I'm like, okay, yeah, no, this is good. We're, we can keep going with this. So um, I do remember taking a little bit though to to actually listen to the the main character and be like uh, not be annoyed with him. <laughs> the
1: the author of it is Andrew Maine. He uh he's on a couple of different podcasts I listen to. Um one of the scary things about this book is pretty much all of the statistics that he lists and stuff is real. Like yeah. it's crazy. When he starts listing off like how many uh like people go missing and like how many probable serial killers that are out there that we just simply don't know about. It's scary shit, but it's like, oh yeah, this is not a this is not a statistic he just came up with. Like he didn't just go, oh no, it's probably this many. It's like, no, he's talked to a bunch of <laughs> he's talked to the FBI and stuff and they're like, Yeah, this is kind of what we're thinking. It's a series that Chris will never read. Never, never. Oh no! Yeah, as soon as I recommended it to you, I'm like, this is not one for Chris. No, <laughs> no it's not. Yeah. Thank you for thinking
0: of
5: me. Because yeah. <laughs> it's it's pretty brutal. Oh, yeah. No, if, no, if,
3: no. if we ever do go to listen to these on the episode, Chris will not be. I will part of not it. be put. No.
1: Gotcha. <laughs> speaking of Chris, what's your next one?
0: Hi. Okay. So I I read I read 39 books last year. So I'm just trying to. Wow. The three of them were only the ones that we. Right, because I opted out of doing the... the, the yes. The, the Nathan Lulso. Um, So, uh, I guess I will talk about... um, So, I jumped on what's known as the Echotar Bus, A uh, Court of Thorn and Roses, which is written by a woman named Sarah J. Moss. It is a romance, fantasy romance, specifically fairy corn. Um, so, it's not- a short bus. <laughs> No, the bus is gigantic, filled with a lot of moms. Um, And it is. So it was
3: like a
0: huge jet with wine. (laughs) A lot of wine. A lot of wine that I wouldn't drink. But um, so there's five books so far in the series. There's A Court of Thorn and Roses, A Court of Mist and Fury, A Court of Wind and Ruin, A Court of Frost and Sunlight, and then A Court of Silver Flame. Uh most of the first four books take uh one specific character's point of view named Feyre. This the last book is from her sister's point of view, Nesta, not as good. These books are very quick read, you blur it right through them. Um some of them are better than others. Um if you've never read any kind of like erotic romance or or anything like that and you kind of wanna dip your toe in and see what it's like. These are good to start with because they're really quick and but they're not... I've read stuff like this before, so for me it was, wasn't... was It's not shocking. It's not shocking. People are like, it's so spicy. I'm like, dude, if they talk about sex one more time and no plot, I'm just putting this down. That was the last book. I'm like, i read it. They're doing it. Where's, Where's the, the plot? There <laughs> <don't care> anymore. <laughs> they're, they're doing it. The last book was like that. But the first four were really... We're, were interesting that I like the world she built. Um, it's based off a a fantasy world called uh Perthian. again these used words that I have now put up in my head that are probably not the way they're scripted. And the courts it's divided up into different courts spring, summer, fall with the, the day, dawn and night. And humans do exist, but they're like stuffed down in this bottom part of the country and there's like, this magical veil that protects them. And obviously a human girl goes in and she like She's the crux to all of this and all that kind of stuff, and she
3: fucks up for everybody. She
0: does. She's 19, so that's how they can get away with
2: She's it. She's the STD. Oh, there
0: you go. <laughs> but like different people feel very strongly about certain characters, and there's like different teams and stuff. But oh, if somebody wanted to just see what it was like, I would recommend that, just because they're readily available, they're they're quick read. Um. Hmm. But fantasy porn. Who would have thought?
1: <laughs> it sells. There you go.
4: Next sells.
1: <laughs> Jen, what's your next one?
4: Well, continuing with my theme of light reading, um, <laughs> I finally <laughs> listened to White Fragility by Robin DiAngelo. <laughs> this has been in my queue for a long time. So it was actually a really quick read. It was only six hours, and I think I listened in double speed. So, um, yeah, I was basically – <laughs> about race and um, I'm slowly
1: but surely converting them all
4: <laughs> <laughs> I've now, been listening to most of my stuff on on double speed unless their accent's just too much but
2: I can't I, man it's like Elvin and the Chipmunks
3: I can. my sm- podcasts
4: <laughs> are on double speed for sure. I was going to say I
3: can confirm that she's listening to double speed because I got in that Tesla <laughs> 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 Where well, are sometimes
4: we- yeah I would autoplay and it'd be like <laughs> is-
3: I'm
4: like I have too many things to listen to I have to get through them all Anyways, yeah, I mean, as the name implies, it basically is just challenging white people to examine their privilege and, you know, like, not take for granted the how they got where they are in society and think about the things they say and do and how, you know, even if we think we're enlightened, we can always learn more. So good read, quick read, if you're looking to kind of explore that part of yourself or learn more. Okay
1: uh sean what's your next one
2: um i having a hard time reading my notes now uh this is gonna be from memory <laughs> uh the dark elf trilogy um so this is by r.a salvatore and this was a throwback to my youth i like started collecting these mm-hmm. so um, it started out with the Icewind Dale trilogy. It was my librarian back in like grade six that got me reading fantasy novels. Like he's like, you know, you should try this in Icewind Dale trilogy. So at that point, R.A. Salvador had just started up, but like he's a huge author now. And um, so that Icewind Dale trilogy, one of the characters was a dark elf named Drizzt. And he was so popular, R.A. Salvador wrote. Most of his books based around him. And so this was his, basically his origin story, the trilogy. Mm-hmm. I'm like I've read, I've got all the books at home. Like I've, I've collected them for, oh, man, a long time. So I decided to like listen to them. So I just listened to his origin story. It's a three book trilogy. And man, just even the author or the, the reader was so good and it just, the whole time I'm back, I'm like in grade seven again, kind of thing. Nice, but it it's not a young adult book. Like the series itself deals with very serious topics through, you know, it's in a fantasy world and all that. Um, so it was great, and literally, I've whenever Ari Salvatore and this series goes on sale, I like collect books. Like the series itself is like. 30 books, 40 books, easy. And he's still writing them today. Damn. So whenever they go on sale, I, like, pick them up. But it started with the Icewind Dale trilogy, which this is actually a prequel. The very end of the third book is, like, one of the beginning scenes of the Icewind Dale trilogy. It's it's great. You You grow to love the characters and stuff like that. But this dark elf, he basically grows up and learns to hate who he is, his race, because they're all evil and makes his way up through the tunnels and joins the surface world. But he's a dark elf, so he's never accepted through the whole series. Um, but that's the story of how he gets there and all that. It, it's a great read. It's one of those ones that I just re-listen all the time. But so yeah, I I listened to that trilogy at the beginning of the year. Um,
1: okay.
2: Yeah, loved it.
1: Nice. Um, my next one is actually a sequel to a book we did read on the uh, on the show, uh, Infinite Two by Jeremy Robinson. <laughs>
2: That's on my list too.
1: Um, that was the one that Ray and Sean read, and I was just like, ah, this book is is batshit crazy. Like it's. <laughs> It is a roll like people will say. Oh, it was a roller coaster of a movie, or it was a roller. Co- this this book was a freaking roller coaster, and because it was just uh, it was it just kept getting more and more intense as things kept going. You know, like it's like okay, things leveled out. I can catch my breath. Nope, time to go for something else.
2: I and honestly can't remember this plot for this Infinite is, Two. <laughs> I can remember the first one, but
1: I can't. <laughs> yeah, Infinite Two uh picks up pretty much kind of right after he gets pulled out and. Um, I don't remember all of it as well. It's right. not as, it's not as, it's not as good as the first one. And what's interesting is, is there's a interview at the end of it with the author. And he talks about how, when he wrote the first one, he was in a really, he was going through not chemotherapy, but he was having some health issues. He was going like, he was in pain constantly. He was on all these meds and like, it was such a dark book, but everyone really, really liked it. And so he kind of resisted writing the sequel for a long time because he's like, I don't know if I really want to go back to that place. And something happened. And he's just like, no, I think I can do this. Um, Like I said, if you enjoyed the first one, the second one is okay. It might be worth reading it just so that you kind of get the quote unquote whole story. Um, But uh, yeah, uh, if, if, go back and listen to our episode on infinite. And like I said, if it, if it piques your interest, then check out infinite too. So, Three, you got another one?
3: I completely forgot about Infinite. I blocked it from my mind until you mentioned it. I'm like, Infinite? Oh,
1: what's the? And then as soon as you said one thing <laughs> happened,
3: it's like, Oh, yeah, no, I remember that roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
1: that was a crazy book. I'm, I'm going to be honest. That was a crazy book. Yeah. Um, so I, think I don't know if
3: I should keep going with the series. Like, I can just name the series or. <laughs> name all of the books. Right? Whatever you want to do, man. Because I, I won't have as many as everybody else. Okay. <laughs> well, then just go book by book. That's fine. Alright, so uh, Looking Glass was the next one uh, from Andrew May. Um, that was... I'm trying to remember which order this one was in. So...
2: Looking uh,
1: Glass is... That's the Ocray, right? That's the second one? This I'm
3: trying to look here. Sorry. So yes, that's the book too. This is okay. one. So this is where he he starts to get into his own, uh, and he's starting to chase serial killers himself. Uh, and, and I I became quite interested in his character at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he's becoming known as a serial killer,
1: uh, like tracker finder. Find, yeah. Like uh,
3: almost. Um, uh, hunter he, he's becoming a hunter himself yeah uh, which i thought was pretty interesting so um yeah very again dark <laughs> it's very uh if you're squirmish about um, if you squirmish about murder and everything then maybe don't listen to these ones but absolutely it's a fun read and interesting and and a very good um, mystery to to listen to so
1: yep i enjoyed it uh, Chris, what's your next one?
0: Um, so I'll go with another series. Um, Patrick Rothfuss, he's a fantasy writer. Um, his first book was *Name of the Wind*, and he he got about an hour and a half in and was like, "Nope, done. We covered that. We don't we don't like the slow burn. <laughs> oh, that's got to be happening." So.
3: No, to be fair, I think this was in around the time that we were listening to *Infinite*. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, that's... Oh, we went from infinite to
1: this, so I'm like, hold... That's this. like being on a roller coaster and then like on an old go- golf cart.
2: Basically, yeah. that breaking point on the roller coaster where they slow you right down. Yeah, this is... The... Yeah, that was like that.
3: <laughs> Comparing it to like downhill skiing, extreme, <laughs> the parachute, and then going cross-country skiing in a field. Yes. Oh, gosh. What, what the, this series is. Ugh.
0: We're going... Cross-country skiing leisurely through so a wonderful forest, yes, and so there's-, there's lots to look at, and there's lots <laughs> like, have lots of emotions, and it's really great, but it's very slow paced I liked it because I found the main character called very charming. You start the books off when, the book off when he's 11. Um, something dramatic very really happens to his family are all killed, um, and then you follow him through his journey, just trying to survive and uh, and making his way in. Sometimes life works out for him. More often than not, it kicks him in the nuts. And you're just like, body, oh, honey. You just want to, you hope something good comes for him. And you're just like, dude, um, he has no families yet. Nobody to take care of him. All he has is this dream of going to this basically wizard school. And that's, where he's going. And that's the whole trajectory of life. And so the first book, uh, his name is the second book is The Wise Man's Fear. Um, which is
3: twice the length.
0: which just tw- apparently 42 hours. But I thought
3: it was 32. 43. It is five minutes away from being 43 hours. <laughs> Didn't
0: know that. Um, okay. <laughs> Ray is not here for it. <laughs> oh, he's like, you're still listening to him. I'm like, oh yeah, but I'm like in it now. I gotta know. This is like, I'm. It's it's so. I just find him so endearing, he's so great. So, but it took him three years to write that one. That one was published in 2011. There is a third one somewhere in the works, but, but he left the second one off on a cliffhanger. And then, How lovely. Bitch about it later. Then I read the third one, which isn't a sequel. It's just an offshoot of a very specific character named Ari, who I love. She's actually one of my favorite characters in the whole book. She And it's called, um, oh, A Slow Regard of Silent Things. So Ari was also... Um, a student at the wizard school, we'll call it that, they're not really wizards, but anyways, but what can often happen is when people are kind of and she's one of the students that went insane, and instead of going to the hospital or the place where they all go, she lives in the kind of the underworld of the school, so all the tunnels and things like that, she's so she's, she's nuts but she's so and she's so sweet and she's such a wisp of a thing and it was just i i've never read anything like you were reading a book from the point of view of somebody who's crazy and it but delightfully
1: crazy like delightfully crazy
0: so sweet you're like
1: oh honey that should be on the that should be on the book jacket delightfully <laughs> crazy
0: it's delightfully nuts and i just loved it so much and it's, it takes place over six days um, and you don't meet any other characters. There's no mention of any other characters. It's just Ari, and it's a really quick read, but it's, it's my favorite out of the three of them. But Patrick has not written the third book of the, the series, and it's been 12 going on. Yeah, 12 years. It's been 12 years, so we're waiting.
5: Eesh.
0: So if you don't want to read it the series knowing there is no third book just yet, don't. But if you don't care and you're you're just whatever, you have other things you need to reread it. It's a lovely or fantasy book.
3: start it now, <laughs> and you might be finished by the time the. <laughs> oh, I've don't done the be math. Mad
0: that I'm more patient than you. I've, I've done the mad.
3: math, and at straight speed, it would. I I draw. I work an hour away from where we live. so it takes me an hour there, and an hour back. So do, doing the math,
0: mm-hmm.
3: it would take me over a month.
0: Yes. It did. To to finish
3: yeah. this book, yeah. listening to it every day that I go. To- yes,
0: it did. me a while to finish this. But they were they're worth it. The world he builds is so good and it's so in depth and it's so detailed. But nothing happens. But so much happens, that's the thing. It's not it's it's like Tolkien, you know, when Tolkien writes his battles, they're like a paragraph or a page and then that's it. Because that's not really what the story's about. That's like
3: stories about the blade of grass that's on the ground. That's we. The, the,
4: the 12 of- pages of ballad, and <laughs> exactly, there's no ballad.
1: <laughs> this whole time, all I can think of is the epic rap battle of history between J.R.R. R. Tolkien and um, uh, um, uh, um, uh, what's his name that wrote, uh, um, uh, Eugene, what's it called?
0: I
5: don't
1: know, yeah, um. Uh, <laughs> Uh, with the dragons and stuff that was on hbo um game of thrones he wrote game of thrones and there's literally a line where he tells him we don't need to know what happens to every fucking tree branch (laughs) 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 to tolkien and i'm that's the whole thing that's what's been going through my mind this whole time is raised just like i don't need to know this i don't need to know this
0: who doesn't want to read about battle scenes who actually finds it quite panic inducing i don't Like that adrenaline. I don't like reading about people being impaled and stabbed and blood and go. I don't like it. So we. So this is very nice.
3: Thanks. I'm gonna look that up now.
0: What the rap battle? The rap battle.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. To
0: me, it's very nice, which is why I like reading Tolkien so much because it wasn't about the battles. They happened, but that's you're not reading about them. So that's like this one too. You're not reading about, you know. Battles and crap. It's about his life. Nice. No, it's just Oh whatever you suck.
3: For, for <laughs> I was eleven and my shoes got to be tied and I forgot to That's not what head. it's about,
0: you being crabby. <laughs> I
3: know uh,
4: Hater's gonna hate you.
3: In all yeah. goodness, uh, I I found that I ha I struggle really hard with um uh, readers of uh, that read really slowly. Like the ones that take the time to make sure that they pronunciate every word very specifically and there's a pause, and there I can't stand it. Uh, there are a few that I have to listen at times and a half in order to actually get through the book because it just takes that long. So I think that's what the, is the case with that I one. I loved it. Um, I came across it again with another book that I'll be bringing up later. And uh, it was one of the ones that we also reviewed. I remember uh, we we listened to it and I'm like, I have to speed this up because she is speaking so slowly. It's driving me insane. So I I think that's what it more is. is The narrator has to be a little quicker with the words. Let's go.
1: Gotcha. Jen, what's your next one?
4: Well, for those of us who do want to know what happens to every tree branch, I read The Hidden Life of Trees. That was story, for Christ's sake. you learn was, it off about that one? <laughs> this was a nonfiction book uh, by Peter Holenbein, I think. He's a German writer or German scientist. Um, so I probably mispronounced it, but I've wanted to read this book forever and once again saw it in a thrift store in Ireland, and um, it's funny because I don't normally read nonfiction as books. I usually listen to them, but I, I did read this one and the other, two of the other three I mentioned. Um, and I found it very interesting. It's awesome. Have you read it? <laughs> uh,
0: I've read like the first 20 pages.
4: Yeah. Well, I read it, I have it. Yeah, it is very interesting, but yeah, it's, it's if you're reading, reading it, it, can, it took me a really long time, longer than it should have. But it's basically just about how trees have fungal networks that allow them to communicate and remember things and store sugars and like send help to each other in times of distress. And it talks about how forests, you know, really rely on that community. A lot of people think of trees as like standalone creatures that live on their own because we see that in the cities, but he talks about how that's really not actually healthy for trees and um, the healthiest trees are in the forest. And uh, there's apparently like the largest clone cloned organism is a tree that has cloned itself in utah and it's just like this huge forest and it's the same tree offshoot so just cool stuff like that and the largest living organism in the world is a fungal network that's like a mile or two long so it's pretty nerdy but i loved it and he has another book that i have on my list but um definitely if you like trees or you want to learn more about nature check it out
1: <laughs> nice uh tongue fungal all i'm thinking of as uh, uh the last of us
4: the last like, oh, of scary us. scary stuff
3: <laughs> sean what's your next one
2: um i'm gonna go with uh another jeremy robinson book island okay. 731 now i was hesitant on reading this one like i like jeremy robinson some of his stuff like his Short novellas are really, really good and all that, and he's the one that did Infinite, and so it's kind of hit and miss. So, 731, I don't know, you know the the history of Island 731? It was a real island. It's where the Japanese did all their biological medical experiments during World War II, some really nasty shit. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so this was a book on it with a different spin that the island was never shut down. And it's the beginning of, I believe it's his nemesis series, Um, like getting into uh kaiju, like huge monsters, but like okay. genetic experimentation on the Island and stuff like that. Basically they're shipwrecked on the Island and yeah, they find all this horrible stuff and it's still going on. And it was, there was some really freaky ass shit in it. And, um, I haven't continued on with the series. Um, I'm kind of waiting for them to go on sale and kind of see, interesting to see where it goes, but getting back to, maybe, I don't know if it was infinite or infinite two, but oh, okay. Infinite two, where he's regressing through all those different lives. Yeah. Okay. So all those lives are from different characters in his other books. Really? Yes, and... Okay, that's cool. The Nemesis, where it's the giant monsters coming to eat, like, the people that have committed sins and stuff like that. That's a part of this Nemesis series. So, anyway, I... Island 731 is kind of the beginning of that. And so Mm -hmm. I listened to it, and there were, yeah, there were some really disturbing things in it. it Like, oh, man, I don't know if I should be reading this, but all in all, it wasn't a bad book. Um, it's, like I said, I'll wait for them to come on sale. And I'm, if they're like a couple bucks or something like that, I might pick them up. But it might be sitting in my queue for a while to read. We'll see. But, yeah, there. Mm. I'm 731 by Jeremy Robinson.
1: Okay. I That might be a path I might be willing to go down with you. Like, So yeah, if, you, it, if you pick them up cheap, let me know and I might.
2: Yeah, I'll let you know.
1: Okay, cool. Um my next one is one is a book from one of our favorites Dennis E. Taylor uh-huh.
2: Roadkill. I was going to do that one but
1: <laughs> Um this is essentially okay so uh, we we have done the Bobaverse books and the reason why we got started on Expeditionary Force is because there is reference in mm-hmm. them to Expeditionary Force and there is reference in Expeditionary Force to the Bobaverse books. Um and this, this struck me as it, – it, um, I really think it's just going to be a single standalone book. This struck me as Dennis Taylor's homage to what if he were to do a Skippy-type character. Um, I enjoyed the book. I thought it was a lot of fun. I don't know if yeah. I necessarily want to go down any future roads with some of these characters. But the um, the, the ship character was just fantastic.
2: I, I love the ship. great.
1: In this book. Um, but yeah. So if if you're if you're a Dennis C. E. Taylor fan uh, and you haven't picked up Roadkill yet, go check it out. It it was it was worth the read.
3: Yeah, it. it was fun. Still in my queue to listen to. Um,
1: okay, it's it's gonna you'll enjoy it.
2: Dennis C. E. Taylor is a god among yes. comedians. So I, he's I, like ranks up there with Ryan Reynolds. Wow, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so good. Yeah, that's how good he is.
3: Yeah, I, I enjoy his writing. Uh, it, it's in my queue. I just have not listened to it. So,
1: Speaking of which. Uh, I, I saw, saw your sh- comment. <laughs> yeah, I saw yours too. So <laughs> his wife posted on the Babaverse Facebook page was like, Hey, uh, the Bob would like to know what would you like to see going forward? And the first I was like, okay, well, let me read the comments first before I make a comment. And I'm just like, yep, I'd like to see that. Yep, I'd like to see that. So my comment was literally just like, yeah, how about you listen to everything else everyone is suggesting? But <laughs> honestly, just just keep going. Like that's yeah. just yeah. just keep going. You you see mine? Yeah, I saw yours and I was just like I was like, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing another big bad or I something to, that I could had to really... explain
2: it to one, but yeah, make a mortal again. That would be interesting. The the comment was cuz someone commented on it too. It was like, "Oh, it's like the singularity trap." I'm like, "Well, kind <laughs> of, and not really, like" what I was trying to get at was like give them some sort of thing that it'll kill a Bob, but it will also kill the Bob's in one or two generations before and after as well.
1: That would be so that
2: they have to find out what's going on. It has no effect on the humans. Yeah. So they don't care. Yeah. So it's a strictly a Bob. Thing. Literally and the then,
1: first comment was the first thing I thought was, yeah. I want to know what the hell scared Starfleet so bad.
2: That's well, yeah, you have to yeah. well, you figure We've you got
1: to find that out
2: it's taylor he's probably already got that figured out that's oh, already sure. in the works but yeah blah's great though you notice that dennis really never comments on anything it's just his wife <laughs> yep she's yeah. off by the way yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah
1: um Ray, what's your next one
3: uh okay so i'm going to continue with that uh, uh andrew main series uh the naturalist book three which is murder theory Mm -hmm. Um, That's interesting uh, because he goes to an area where obviously a murder has been committed. um, And what they're finding is that uh, people may be um, like a contagion is going around where it's actually possible to create murderers uh, where you're. And so they're, they're trying to figure out whether that's the case or not. And, uh, yeah, some some stuff goes down in this one too, where he starts questioning his own um, ability and capability, and it's it's a really interesting read. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's just, yeah. I I don't want to ruin anything. Obviously, if you want to go read it, uh, go read it. But, um, yeah.
1: I actually enjoyed this one. This is not – no, This the next one is the one where he does – where he kind of like has to go off the grid to go find the last person, right?
3: Um,
1: or is that the end of this one? No, I think it's – I think you're right. I think, the next, I think it's the next one. I really – okay, so yeah, this is – I actually enjoyed this one more than I did the second book. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll agree with that. Yeah, it was just the idea of what was going on and stuff was – the second one was – Seemed kind of a smaller type situation. And this was like this is a huge threat type thing. So yes. yeah. So. Uh Chris, what's your next one?
0: Um, I read oh, which one should I do? Um, a little book from J.R. Tolkien. I'm I i want to collect I'm starting to collect some of his works. I wanna collect as many as I can. And one little book was called Rover Random, and it was literally it's a little teeny tiny book. And it's about a little dog who goes on an adventure.
5: <laughs> it's really- okay.
0: It's a children's story. He goes to the moon. He goes under the sea. And all of stuff. sudden, he's trying to get back to this book. And he just goes on a little adventure. And it's really cute. It's really adorable. It's only like maybe 150 pages. Maybe. I think. I can't remember right now. But it's just a delightful little tale of a little dog going on an adventure. So,
3: so in like double speed, you would finish it in like two minutes. Yeah. I know, right? That sounds awesome.
0: <laughs> but it's really cute. Uh so yeah, Rover Random, it's just yeah, really cute little children's story. It's adorable. Yeah, but a little dog named Rover. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Rover random. They, they, I didn't they, I didn't
1: I didn't know he had written anything like that.
0: Yeah, so. yeah, i finding out he's written more than just Middle Earth stuff. Because this is nothing to do with Middle Earth. There's nothing it's it's more set in the time that he lived in
4: and mm-hmm. it's just really cute.
1: <laughs> cool. Jen, what's your next one?
4: Um, I read a book called Into the Earth, which was a biography of Jill Hinearth, who is a deep cave or underwater cave diver. And I actually saw it on Audible and found it at the local library. And it was really interesting because she just talks about her, you know, life cave diving, how she got into it, how she became, you know, one of the most prominent female cave divers or any cave diver really and Mm -hmm. she now does you know filming underwater and leads tours and trains and all this stuff but like it's it was really freaky hearing about you know I mean you know it's a risky thing but like the close calls she's had and compression sickness and like what it does to your body and just the crazy things you have to go through just to go down that deep and um, yeah just really really neat like I didn't expect to be, like, drawn in by it, but a lot of times I was like, what happens next? I know she survives, but, like, (laughs) because she wrote this book. But, yeah, you're like, oh, this is a really – I don't know if I could do it myself to the extent she does it, but I love scuba diving and I would love to. I and I love spelunking or love the idea of spelunking. I don't know if combining the two would <laughs> work for me because there is so much room for error down there with tanks and.
1: That is an extreme and, fear of mine. I'm like you. Like maybe a little, maybe a little underwater stuff, maybe mm-hmm. a little spelunking, but putting the two together, mm, mm, nope. That is yeah. that isn't. She did this fear. under the
4: ice in Antarctica, and oh, like there were times when the ice shelves moved and they were trapped and they had to like find a way out, and I'm just like, oh my god.
1: Oh
2: my god. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I couldn't do that. So, pretty cool book. Nice.
1: Sean, so, what's your next one?
2: Um I'm gonna go with uh, Paradox Bound by uh what's his name? Peter Klein.
5: Okay.
2: Um It seemed like an intriguing when I read the info on it. It's uh, basically a lot of time travel kind of thing. Uh, I had a lot of hopes for it, but, and don't take this the wrong way. It was way too American for me. Um, I, to, unless you're like, Amer- I, you know what? I bet you even Americans unless you were like the ultra right wing patriotic would probably say, yeah, this is kind of over the top. Um, it, mm. it was just like the whole thing is about America and basically the world walls around it and it's all this time travel stuff. And, um, it, it was an interesting theory, but oh no, I, yeah, unless you, Live in the US, I would probably avoid this one. Okay. <laughs>
1: From what it, you're describing, I'm thinking I'm probably going to avoid it anyway. <laughs> yeah.
5: Yes. Yeah, same.
2: This time travel stuff and like, I figure, well, Peter Klein's usually pretty up there with the re- but it just, no. No. Uh, like, and I was like halfway through it and like, I'm, I'm a completionist. So I like just powered on through it, but I was like, mm-hmm. I want to. Re- I want to listen to something else. I, this is. This is actually pissing me off. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm. I'm usually pretty laid back, but when I'm like driving and I'm my speed slowly speeding up because I'm getting so angry. Uh huh. That yeah, I'm like no, I probably shouldn't be listening to this while I drive. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Sounds like it. Yeah. Um, oh,
1: well. My next one is a was a free one that was um. Uh, uh, through audible you know sometimes you can get those free yeah. books uh mine is dead silence by sa barnes um I, the it seemed intriguing it basically this group go finds this um what should have been a lost uh pleasure cruise spaceship essentially and everyone's dead on it and people start going crazy and they're trying to figure out what the hell like you know, they start finding records and stuff, and it's like, well, the crew like lost their mind. Everyone on the ship lost their minds and was like, started killing each other or whatever. And it's just like, well, what the hell caused this or whatever. And the the final explanation is okay. Um, I just don't think it was. I just don't think it stuck the landing extremely well. Uh, but for being a free book, I thought it was. I thought it was all right. So if you've if you've got an Audible subscription and you're just looking for something to kind of feel the time. Uh, it, it's not a bad one. I, I, I would give it a recommend, but I wouldn't don't, don't expect this to be like your new favorite author or series or anything. So. <laughs> uh,
3: Ray, what's your next one? So, uh, my one. I was just reading up cause I can't remember if this is the one where he meets the other person or not, but I do remember. So, um, this one is, again, it's the, the nat or the naturalist. Uh, this is before, uh, Andrew main again. Um, one's so called dark pattern yes uh, this was the one where he had to kind of go into undercover a little bit try and uh, get his name out of the mud um, and he's going after it so he has an algorithm that's trying to predict where serial killers are so it's looking at people that have died suspiciously or even not suspiciously, um, and he's used that to kind of track what he thinks is a serial killer he's chasing that person down, essentially, and uh, trying to um, fall into a trap, I guess, would be a good way of saying it. So, it yeah. happens?
1: I didn't care for the ending of this one. Um,
3: it, it did seem a bit rushed at the end.
1: It yeah. seemed rushed. Not only was it rushed. not I mean, he literally gives up everything to try to accomplish his goal. Yeah. But that also includes the woman who has stuck by him all this time. And that like was hurtful. I mean, granted I'm, I'm not the person that's like, Oh, well they're meant to be together. And if they're not together, I'm not going to be happy about it. But I'm just like, man, that kind of sucked that Uh, that happened. Like it, that part
3: did suck. I I remember now listening to it. I'm like, I didn't like that part of it, but because he's, he's become obsessed with trying to capture serial killers uh, and just totally negates his uh, his relationship with this woman. So uh, yeah. she was fully supportive of him going after these people. Uh, just yeah, she she couldn't handle it anymore because he goes way too far in this one. So
1: yeah, I agree. So yeah. it's like I like you as a character. Why are you doing this? Why are yeah. you being an, yes. an idiot? So. Like those people in your
3: library, be like, would you just listen for like five minutes and you'll have a great life?
1: Yeah, <laughs> Chris, what's your next
3: one?
0: Uh, my next one, I guess, we uh, it's a uh, part of a book series called the Pendragon Pendra- Cycle called Merlin. Um, so the first book I read two years ago, over two years ago now, called Talison, and Talison oh. is really pissed off my dogs now are you okay (laughs) Okay. um so talison is merlin's father so the next book is merlin all about um his beginnings and it's i really liked it because you know you hear lots of myths of merlin and there's all sorts of different stories and options and stuff so i really like this this story uh is by stephen lawhead it's from it started in the 80s i have like epic 80s Vintage books in my it's so 80s. It's amazing I think the wine Merlin was published in 88 or something like that so the cover's amazing um, but it just goes through Merlin's life from when he was a child to when his um, power sort of came to be and the druid priest who sort of brought him through all of that um, He was a king at one point, which was pretty cool um, And just his life as a child and a teenager and um, and then you get to meet Arthur and that's sort of near the end of the book. And so the next book is, I think, called Arthur. I'm really interested in that. But yeah, you know, reading about Merlin. But it was in Welsh. Like all oh, the freaking names are in Welsh. So I just made them all up in my head. I have no idea how to any of them. Um, but again, this one was a slow burn. Not, not for, for this one over here. Um, I, try. I It's really cool just to hear a different take on the, you know, the whole <laughs> three and myths and stuff like that. And so Merlin's like half Atlantean, so he's still got some powers and immortality. There's still some Atlanteans still around, so they're all still alive. And, yeah, just the trials and tribulations he goes through.
2: Um, and I think I read that book way back. Oh,
0: it sounds we, really familiar. <laughs> yeah, she old, but it's yeah, it's part of a five book series called the Pendragon Cycle. But yeah, nice. it's really cool. It's just a different take on the
3: whole
0: Arthurian like, myth. Oh, do a double speed. I don't even know if it's on Audible. I read, I have, I've read the books. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I don't
1: know if it's on Audible. Jen, what's your next one?
4: Um, my next one I didn't actually fully finish. Uh, because I just couldn't get through it. But I got okay. like, three quarters of the way, and it Unlike Sean, I just couldn't power through. But um, it's called Chesapeake Requiem by Earl Swift. And it sounded really cool because it's about Tangier Island, which is this tiny little island um, between Maryland and Virginia. That's technically part of Maryland, I think. <clears throat> but they're very isolated and they are, are known for like being the soft crab capital of the world, but also for having a very distinctive accent that is I guess more the one of the most similar to the original people that came over here because they're so isolated. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've been living on this tiny Island fishing and crabbing and, you know, doing all the things for year for, for generations. And it was a very in-depth history of the Island and the challenges they're going through and how like their Island is basically being submerged by water. And it was just really frustrating for me because I visited this place with my grandmother and I thought it was really cool. She's the one that, you know, taught me about it and like brought me there. And I was super excited. And then he starts talking and the people are just like very conservative and anti-climate change and all the things you would kind of expect, I guess, from a small rural population. But it's like you're literally living it. You're like sinking into the ocean and you don't think it's climate change. They're just calling it, you know rising sea level and and all these other names. And um, they're just talking about the astronomical amount it's going to cost to fix this and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, I don't know. I was just like really frustrated by the point that I stopped and then um, I checked it out from a library, a digital version, and I didn't want to mess with renewing it. And I was just like, you know, it's not worth more of my time. So, you know, the guy did a good job. I was just frustrated with like what he uncovered. The island oh, itself, with the people's attitude towards everything going on, so yeah, didn't didn't get through that one, but I got most of the way, so that's why I included it.
1: <laughs> the seas are rising. Let's burn all the trees, make make the land lighter, so we'll we'll float better.
4: <laughs> like they're still voting for politicians who are working against their interests in the climate area. I don't get it, but whatever, you know. Well, you know. Anyways,
1: Sean, what's your next one?
2: Um. I'm going to go with another biography, of, crap, Empire of Imagination, and it's the biography on Gary Gygax.
3: Oh, okay, yeah.
2: Um, so, if you're a and d fan, I would highly recommend this one, because apparently there, you would figure there would be more definitive, like, books written on Gary Gygax. You would who, think so. But apparently this was like the first because all of them were like bits and pieces and all that. So this is like basically from his birth right up to after his death, really. Um, it was like I I always wanted to get into D and D. I tried a couple times with the boys and I just I, I I haven't had the time. I guess I it was a bit. I'm a bit of a late starter, but my. Mm-hmm. My son is he's a dungeon master and he does it online. He's made friends all over the world being a dungeon master and all that. So I was trying to get more insight into it because it was huge when I was growing up. I just never got into it for some reason.
5: Yep.
2: But the story itself, once again, it is a great story. Um, the stuff that he went through and they talk about like the creation of certain aspects of it and the business side of it. And, him getting screwed over his own company kind of thing and uh, right up into his appearance in Futurama, which was like a highlight kind of thing for him. And mm-hmm. I highly recommend it. It is a really uh, good story. Uh, even if you're not into Dungeons and Dragons, it was uh, a well worth a life story to to listen to or read about. So once again, that's the Empire of Imagination by uh oh, crap. Like I said, I can't read my own writing. It's Michael something. <laughs> <laughs> we
1: will You'll look at it. Up. it. <laughs> um my next one is the first book in a series. I'm still debating whether or not I'm going to continue on with the series. Um it's by Brian Parker. It's the the first book is The Immorality Clause. Um Futuristic Setting. This guy's a cop. He doesn't trust, uh, essentially robots. And there's been a killing at this, um, uh, basically it's a a robot, um, um, pleasure den. And so, of course, you know, the first rule is that, you know, that, you know, robots are not supposed to hurt people or whatever. And then, like, this guy is killed. And then, um, it's okay. It's very, the reason, the, the reason I was attracted to it was it's very, uh, noir. So it's like, it's set in this dystopian future where, um, um, they've created sex robots and robots to others, to do other stuff or whatever. But like this guy's very a noir type, you know, uh, detective. And it, it just kind of seemed like an interesting idea. And it's okay. I, like I said, I don't know if I'll continue on with it. I may give the second book a shot and then kind of judge from there if I'm gonna keep going with it or not. So uh but yeah, it was kinda of, it was kinda of interesting. It was it was one of those things I was just I was looking for something and I was like, oh I don't really want to do anything horror right now. And Audible was like, well, maybe you would enjoy this. And I'm like, Well maybe I would. So <laughs> I gave it a shot. We'll see. So uh Ray, what's your next one? Uh
3: so my next one is uh the introduction to um Theo Cray, and Jessica Blackwood, where they meet. Yes. Uh, so this is called Mastermind. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Jessica Blackwood series, She's she was a former magician uh, who becomes a detective. Uh, the naturalist is the gentleman who loves to look into serial killers. So they join forces because some shit's going down. and uh, And so as the shit's going down, um, I, I will warn you if you're one to get wrapped up into conspiracy theories, maybe don't read this one. Um, because some of the shit that he talks about is like, fuck yeah, no, I could see that being real. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it, it's scary stuff. It's like, oh no. Yeah. No, I could totally see the government doing that. Exactly that. And yes, this could be, yep. That totally makes sense. Uh, oh, that's, this is the. Is this the one where Manhattan is uh under uh under a dark electrical cloud. There's the there's the
1: the they come across the thing that's running the yep. simulations or whatever. Yep. Yep. Yep, that was that that's a scary idea. Like
3: whoa. Don't let don't let anybody in the government read this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they don't need any ideas. They don't need any more ideas. Fuck. Uh, so yeah, it was it was really interesting uh, read. Uh, again, okay, Audible, please. If you have if you have a set narrator for a book, and she she or he has a main character, and that character is in another book, get that narrator to to narrate as that person because. In this book, they got both narrators to speak. One read the chapter, if it was from the male point of view or the female point of view, they got them for, but they didn't get them to narrate the, the individual spe- voices. And, and the speaking parts, it
1: just takes you out of the book sometimes. I'm like, fucking, they were reading it anyway. I don't want her version of his character no. When the original guy has got to be right there, like literally just be like, "Here, read this." You read the, and, and and it would be yes, it would take more editing, but for fuck's sakes,
3: it would it would help with the story. Oh and God, yes. So please, Audible, would you just? It's okay, do it. Like,
1: oh no, I feel no, I completely feel him on this because I was just like, sweet, it's we're gonna get both of the characters together, and they got the original uh 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 voice actors and then like like ray i'm just like why are you reading the entire chapter yeah. as her voice as well this doesn't yeah 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 but yeah uh the um it's interesting because there was an interview with there was an interview with the author and andrew main was like they were asking him well who would you like to read and he's like well What about this person and this person? They're like, oh, those are good picks. He's like, yeah, they actually read the previous books. Apparently, he was working with someone new in the company at this point, and he's just like, well, that's a little scary. God. So, yeah. Oh, Chris, what's your next one?
0: Um, it's a book called Ruination by Anthony Reynolds. It is a League of Legends book. So Quinn is in full League of Legends mode in his journey. Um, and he likes to talk about it and it seems like a very the reason why he likes it so much is because there's always it's not predictable there's always something new happening there's always you can't beat it essentially you can't beat the game Mm -hmm. Um, but he really likes to talk about it and he tried bless him, he tried to get me to play it and and I no 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 he just basically took over after about three seconds because I'm like what's happening and I just start pressing buttons on his keyboard and he's like no 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 no, no. and I'm like but what's this dude? and I blew up I don't know what happened um so I told him like I would love to share this with you but I clearly can't play the game so I loved Arcane I loved watching the show I'll do that if there's any books and then I found Ruination I'm like oh my god I found it at Walmart and I'm like I'm freaking reading this it is so good.
1: Really? Okay. You, so you already sold me because freaking yeah. Arcane was fantastic.
0: Oh, Arcane was so good. So this book takes a place, I guess, right before shit hits the fan, essentially. And right before the game takes place, I guess. Um, is what Quinn kind of explained it to me as. But it's so good. So you're, it's, um, the main character's name is, um, Callista. She is the aunt. Of the new king, Diego, and it's she's got this. She's such a noble character, but sometimes you just want to smack her, and you're like, okay, I get it. You're trying to be loyal to the king, but he's being a little punk right now, and somebody needs to punch him in the throat and tie him to a chair so he can't make any more of these bad decisions anymore. Stop it! And and she travels. There's lots of characters. It's so good. There's there's a wee hint of a love story, just a wee one, and I'm like, oh. Um, but you knew if you, if you play League of Legends, you know how it's going to end. And I did, I kind of knew a little bit what was sort of happening, but now I can talk to Quinn about it. I have like a vague understanding of characters and things like that. So I told him, I said, the next time anything comes out, I, if it's as good as this, I will read it. And it's quick paced, lots going on, lots of cool, really cool characters. I, I really, but it's not like, you know, how arcane sort of sent in a dystopian sort of, mm-hmm. Like especially with the lower levels, this is like medieval renaissance sort of time. Okay. Yeah. I think he said it takes place like a thousand. Nope, I could be wrong. Maybe a thousand years before the game is supposed to take place, or the arcane. I can't remember. Anyways, it's a big gap of time. But now I he I I understand the game a little bit better. Not that I'm ever gonna play it. I'm no no. But we've learned our lesson. But yeah, it was really good. So Ruination by Anthony
1: Reynolds. Okay. Jen, what's your
0: next one?
4: My next one is called A Book of Bees by Sue Hubble. Um it's kind of it's semi-autobiographical, it's a very short book, but it's just kind of about her experiences of bee experiences as a beekeeper. But um it's a little dated because she writes it I think in like the nineteen eighties, so mm-hmm. It's before cell phones and a lot of the, you know, technology that not not necessarily beekeeping technology just in life. Um, But, yeah, it was it was just neat because it's kind of her perspective on the work she does and connecting with nature. And I (laughs) found it at a thrift shop and sounded interesting and kind of just wanted something that wasn't too heavy. And that was, you know, nature. You guys can see a theme in what I'm reading. But, um, yeah, so. No, not nothing too exciting, but just a nice, easy read. Cool. She goes through the season. So like what she does each season. And I've always kind of been interested in beekeeping. I just don't know that. I mean, I'm definitely not in a place in my life right now, but down the road a long, long time from now when I have land and time and expendable income, maybe, but that's even after your
1: experiences down. with your house.
4: <laughs> okay. That wasn't the same. The bees, found a little hole in the side of my house and decided to set up shop. But, like, this would be intentional. Um, (laughs) And I would get to keep the honey.
1: Okay, that is true.
4: But, like, I'm not one of those people that freaks out when a bee lands on me or near me. And, you know, if you're calm, like, she even talks about it in the book. Like, if you don't freak out and start breathing heavily because they're attracted to carbon dioxide and when you breathe out really heavily, they'll, like, panic and sting you. But if you're just, like, really chill, usually they'll just inspect you, and if, when they realize you're not a flower, they, they move on, you know. Unless you have sugar or, you know, soda on you, then you're, you know, you're out of luck.
3: <laughs> Just make sure it's not hornets, because they'll sting you anyway. Well, well, yeah, you know,
4: yeah. yeah. Hornets, wasps, all those guys can... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> they'll
2: chase
4: you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Sean, what's your next one?
2: Um, I did, uh... Mr. Midshipman Hornblower by C.S. Forrester. an oldie. Okay. What? Well, I'm diverse. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> um, I just, um, I just felt like going back to the like, like I read so much science fiction
5: mm-hmm. and
2: fantasy and stuff like that. Um, it just felt like going back. I used to read like. Actually, like pirate books and old naval books and stuff like that when I was in high school a lot. So it was just kind of going back. Um, So this is, I don't know if you don't know Hornblower, but there's a whole series on him. So this was the first one where he's basically he's got nothing else. He's got to go into it and he goes into officer school. So he becomes like the. The midshipmen and all that. And it's a series of short stories um, to get going, and I found it on Audible, and I was like, "Oh, well, let's see how the audio version of it is," because I had read it mm-hmm. long ago, so and it was really good. Um, you have to be able to get around the language because it is old English, mm-hmm. um, but. Yeah, for me I, it wasn't a big deal. I got into it really quickly and all that. And it was pretty cool. I, I it did the audio version of it was still really good. I think even uh e did a series Horatio Hornblower.
5: Oh mm-hmm.
2: uh, yeah, and it had uh oh shit, what's his name? Played Mr. Fantastic in the original Fantastic Four movies.
0: Oh, Yoen, um Yo he's a yeah, I can see his face. I can't remember his name's Yoen
2: yeah. something. He's actually a really good actor. Anyway, in his younger days, he played Horatio Hornblower in it. And he was really, really good. So but yeah, so I haven't gotten the rest of the series yet. It's one of those ones where I'm like kind of keeping an eye out. it's in my list i wait for them to go on sale because I really don't want to spend that much money on it, right. uh, and I'm not going to spend a credit on it. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was actually, it was a, a good read because it's a series of stories mm-hmm. kind of thing. But uh.
1: yeah, nice. Um, my next one I'm actually going to skip because I have a feeling it's probably uh, Ray's next one. <laughs> um, Sleeping Beauties. I finally kind of got back around to doing some Stephen King. This one was actually read by St- or written by Stephen King and Owen King, so him and his son. Um, I I wasn't completely sold on the the idea in the first place. Basically, every woman in the world within about a 24 hour period, like basically goes into the sleep and like this weird like kind of like I don't know, a stringy mask kind of covers their faces. And if you were to like, if you tried to like tear it off or whatever, they become this berserker and will kill anyone around them. And uh, and so it does have a supernatural thing to it. And it's okay. It the the story itself was all right. Uh, it's one of those things. It's like, well, of course there are going to be people who are like, well, you know, I'm going to protect, you know, I'm protecting, you know, my loved ones, whatever I could do. And some people are just like, you know, is. Is this the work of Satan? Is this the work you know what what's going on here? And um, you know, maybe we should be you know, maybe we should burn all these all these people and it's you know, traditional type thing, and then on the other side it's like, well, you know, you have to kind of decide the fate of humanity and it was all right. It wasn't great. Um I actually returned it. I I think it's the only Stephen King book I've ever returned. I just I don't know if I just wasn't in the right mindset for it, but I just I just didn't really care for it that much, so. And I've read most of all of his other stuff. Like I've read a (laughs) large swath of his stuff, and this one just did not hit so at all. Like sometimes his books are fine, and he just doesn't really stick the landing. This wasn't even that. This one just the whole time I was like, all right, I'm about three fourths way through this one. I'm gonna finish this one, and I'm returning it. Like I don't think I don't think you know I don't think there was a way he could have saved it. Like where I would have been like, oh no, that that was a good book. So, Uh, Ray, what's your next one?
3: Um, it's not what you think it is because oh. I didn't read that one yet. You haven't read Final Equinox? I have not. Okay. So uh it, it's in my to buy list. I don't I haven't even bought it yet. Okay. Yeah. Because other things came up. Uh I'm I'm a big fan of Nathan Lowell. I love uh, like we've we've done the series uh with Ishmael for the first part of the series anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, loved Love the Wizard's Butler. I found it fantastic so I went to see what else was out there and there's a book called Ravenwood which is the first book of uh, a trilogy Um, and you follow a woman's journey her name is Tanith and not a lot happens in this book (laughs) even by Nathan Lowell standards
0: I'm listening to it now and I like it
3: (laughs) so it's it's okay. I was going to, re- like, I remember recommending it to the group yeah. at one point, uh, that we were going to read it. And then as I'm getting through, I'm like, I can't recommend this book. Cause <laughs> I like it. I I,
5: it. it's,
3: it's okay. It, it's okay. My problem with it is, it is a slow burn. Mm-hmm. And I came a slow burn, it's more like a slow fizzle. Uh, it takes a long, long time for. I think it could make a really interesting show. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's. And, and maybe part of it is the narrator. Uh, she she reads slowly. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, I don't know. It, it was okay. Uh, I, as soon as I was done listening to it, I'm like, Crystal will like this book. So. <laughs> Thank you, know? so, you. It wasn't a waste of a credit. So no. Um we'll, I will probably read the, the trilogy at some point. Um we'll have to get some more credits uh and and read some more of it. But yeah, that's that'll be my last one because Sean stole mine by the entire series of
1: <laughs> eighteen books, yeah.
2: Yeah, okay.
1: I was doing okay.
3: But,
5: yeah. <laughs>
1: what's your next one
0: um it's a book called uh life signs by james lovegrove and it is a firefly book and if you love to see it firefly the tv show yeah yes it is so good it was like reading a episode of firefly it was super fast paced um I get to read about Wash, who's my favorite character again. Um, but yeah, so, um, in this one, and I knew what was going to, because it takes place between the end of Firefly and before Serenity. Um, so in this one, Inara is sick. Um, and the crew decides to go on this Hail Mary mission to try and find this doctor to help her with her illness while she's, like, in the last week of her life. Except the doctor that they want to go see is on this ice planet in a inescapable prison. (laughs) Obviously. So, um, and it's, it's really, really fast. It's really, really interesting. Lots of cool characters. Um, and, yeah, I knew how it was going to end because, because of where it... It sits in the, in the timeline.
5: Uh-huh.
0: So that was kind of, it kind of made me feel good about reading it. I'm like, they're all going to live. Nice. <laughs> and so I like reading it. But it was, yeah, it was like reading an episode of Firefly. So it was really, really good. I really liked it. Nice. Yeah.
2: I love that show.
5: I know. It was so good. When I keeps... got to
2: re-watch that show. It's... It have books. Oh, I know. <laughs> I, do you watch Resident Alien?
0: No, I have to. Oh, Alan Tudyk, I love him. Oh. Just <laughs> so, so much stuff. <laughs> we only have two streaming services, so I had to.
2: Actually, that one I like actually purchased on Apple TV because I just I love Alan Tudyk so much, and it, the I've show is good so it. good. Oh.
0: He's also really nice in person. <laughs>
2: It yeah, seems one? like a cuddler mm. yeah
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh this is my last one i started it in december and finished it in january so i'm gonna go ahead and throw it in this is my one fiction book on the list um it's called a ministry for the future by or the ministry for the future by kim stanley robinson um, yeah. I talked about this on Sustainably Geeky, but it's it's actually thicker than the overstory, which is in our book for next month. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> but, a
2: Kim Stanley are. All, they're heavy reads.
4: Yeah, right? it's it was <laughs> it was dense. So his I don't know if all his books are like this, but it was like each chapter was a different perspective and different like storyline for this. But they all kind of merged together. But then some of them are completely unrelated. Um, so it was kind of the way it was, you know, framed was like, it's, um, it takes place in the near future. So like 20 to 40 years in the future. And it's just like, you know, one version of how things could go when the climate starts to, well, it already is unraveling, but like when things start to go bad and, um, he's kind of, so I actually read this because it was a virtual book club book for the Grist looking forward book club. And I thought, what the hell, it'll give me, a reason to read it and also, you know, the author was on it and he talked about it and he said that he's kind of known to write cli-fi books, but he's more of a utopian author versus a dystopian author. And he put a heavy emphasis on he wants to, you know, put hopeful solutions out there and not like angsty, you know, sad stories all the time. Now, the book was dark in places. I'm not saying it's like all sunshine and rainbows. There was some violence and like, shady things happening but overall like the message of the book is humans are smart enough to fix this we can do this with like concerted effort but it you know he goes into like a lot of economics i'm not into that but i get it i get why it's important and we need it um but i will say like a lot of what he talks about i think i understand better because of the graduate program i was in because we just talked about you know economic and social issues that he brings up and I was like, Oh, I kind of see how that's tied together now. So anyways, it was interesting. It, It, I'm not doing a great job of actually telling you what it's about, but like the ministry for the future is, is an organization created out of the UN to like think, you know, for future generations and put forward how we can fix climate change. And um, they're kind of the main, you know, plot line, but then there's other people that come in and out and intersect. And then he'll just like randomly have, a chapter, and, and some of his chapters are like two pages, but a chapter about like the perspective of an atom, you know, like. I, so yeah, he, he like goes through. I do this, this, and this, and he lists all these things, and he's like, I am an atom, the building blocks of life, or something. So it's just like a little strange, but. Okay. Yeah. Have you
2: read the like the Red Mars series?
4: I haven't read any of his books, so okay, I so need to check them out because I've heard they're really good.
2: I have too. They're. So the red, it's the series is red Mars, green, blue Mars, Mars, green Mars, or, or blue Mars, Mars, green Mars, yeah. And yeah, they do bounce around from character to character, and they're really okay, long. So. It's a long process. Like it's a heavy, heavy, heavy. Yeah, heavy you're kind movie. of like,
4: where does this go, or how does this connect?
2: Um, and kind like <laughs> they in the first series they accidentally discover how to cancel our telomeres from chopping off basically immortality mm-hmm. they accidentally discover immortality but they don't mm-hmm. they keep it to themselves the the group of a hundred so those first hundred colonists become immortal mm-hmm. and are there through the whole like terraforming of mars or some of them they start battling each other kind of like mm-hmm. But, anyway, that gives you a a long perspective of, like, terraforming Mars. Now that I think about it, I I should have recommended it to you a long time ago, Jen. Sorry. (laughs) But I I think you might enjoy it. You just give yourself time.
4: Yeah, I would read more of his books. But much like I suspect Overstory is, since it is from multiple perspectives, I think it's better for me to physically read it because I need – to see where the breaks are, and when you're listening, it's too hard to tell. Oh, we switched. Oh, that's yeah.
2: Um know, I actually I haven't listened to it because it was I've got it I, oh, uh, physical okay. copies because I read them. Yeah. Geez, I was in my teens when I think I started reading them, which is probably too early. <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> I think I had to I reread them later on when I was older, but because mm-hmm. there it's. There's a lot going on. It's crazy.
4: Yeah. Well, and like, what was the book we read? The power. It was kind of like that. What did they call those? Like ensemble where, where you've got like different things happening and then all the, the stories come together.
5: Yeah. I remember so like
4: I listened to that one and that was hard for me too. I think Chris and I said the same thing. Like I should have read this because yeah. it's easier yeah. just to, I don't know, my brain for my brain anyways.
1: No, so. I was confused on it too. It was just like, Wait, what? Who's like, talking? Oh, we've swapped yeah, we've swapped and there wasn't a clear and her
4: accent was also hard.
1: Yeah, so. <laughs>
2: That too. So <laughs> Sean, <laughs> what's, what's your next one? Um, I'm gonna go with this is the beginning of a series. Uh you didn't read it too long ago, final days. Um I might have brought it up in one of our other marsh and kikis just at the end what I was reading. And so once again, it's a science fiction. Um, you can tell right off the bat it's the beginning of a a big series or whatever. I've only read the first book. Basically, this ex cop or ex military guy or whatever he's divorced and in shithole in the world is like basically ending. They it takes place over like a couple days, mm-hmm. and it's basically like all the news reports. Like, yeah, we're gonna have tsunamis and earthquakes are going to wipe out and there's this deadly fog killing off people. Like the world is basically saying, humans, you're done. Um, And his daughter gets kidnapped. So he's, cops are no help because every police force is like dismem- dismantling, like everyone's going home praying yeah. to Jesus and like being with their families as the world ends. So he's looking for his daughter and it basically turns out that it, it leads to believe that the world is ending because of like this billionaire is like kind of sped things along and is creating like a Noah's Ark kind of thing. And he's collected the best and the brightest. And his daughter just happened to like get caught up in that. And he finds out. And yeah. Yeah. It's a very predictable kind of book. Like it was like, some teen like read like a whole bunch of these apocalypse books and they're like, I, I can do it too. <laughs> so this is the first book. and like, like within the first chapter, you're like, I know how this is going to end. And it may not end right there, but you're like, Oh, there's a book too. Okay. Well, the ending must be there. Cause like, it's, it's following a very formulate principle for mm-hmm. these doomsday ones. The billionaire has all the money. He's like, creating like this way off the planet. And that's what they're like. Yeah, it's, it's a way off the planet. It's going to terraform. It's going to take the best and brightest. And like, man, like within the first few sentences, you could kind of figure out what's going on. So that's why I haven't gotten the rest of the series. Um, even though it takes place within like a couple of days and like it ends on a cliffhanger, it's not much of a cliffhanger when you can figure out what's going on. So it's like, uh I I might have even returned it. I'm not sure, <laughs> but I was like, ah, let's give it a go. It was maybe it's gonna be good. You you never know. You, if you don't check something out and try mm-hmm. it out, you might miss something great. Um, unfortunately, this one wasn't great. This wasn't one of those times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it happens. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um. Real quick, so the one that I skipped over, I'm not going to go into it a lot because I know Ray will eventually read this, Final Equinox. This is book two with uh, the the two characters. Um, whenever you read it, we'll talk. Okay. Uh, the next one I will bring up is I was just kind of looking for something to read and was looking for something kind of in the realm of something being scary. So I read The Exorcist. And – by um, William Peter uh, Yachty. anyway um it's it was okay like I mean it the the movie does it's been a long time since I've seen the movie but the movie does follow it pretty pretty well they of course it being a movie adaptation they do change things in it um I thought it was okay if you if you even if you enjoyed the movie or um you know, it's just kind of interesting to you. I'd say it, it's worth checking out, but you know, if you're not a fan of the movie or, uh, it, it's funny, books never freak me out like movies do. Um, there are very few books that there's ever been a scene that just kind of like, okay, that's, that's kind of messing with me. Um, so yeah, the whole time, you know, the, the movie freaked me out as a kid and I'm reading the book and I'm, I'm just like, yeah, okay. Yeah, that, that'd be kind of scary. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it, you know, it is what it is. So uh but yeah so you if like i said if you have an interest check it out if not whatever uh but the exorcist um i think ray said he was done chris do you have any more
0: um so i read like i said a bunch of books i you know i reread uh harry potter um let me see i i write everything (laughs) i write down all the books i read and when i finish them um, Do you keep
4: a spreadsheet like Eugene probably does?
0: I write it in my journal. <laughs> it's in
3: your <a> journal. <laughs> it's in my journal.
0: Um, uh, okay, this one was kind of interesting. It's called The School of Mirrors by uh, Eva or Eva, I don't know how you pronounce it. Uh, Stan um, And it's a historical fiction based in um, France around sort of the start of the French Revolution. Um, and it's about these, uh, uh, this girl who sort of gets pimped out to the king of France. <laughs> but this was an actual thing. These girls, it actually happened. These girls were right on the cusp of uh, womanhood. Um, a lot of them got pregnant. Uh, and as soon as they got pregnant, they were shipped off. They wouldn't get to him anymore. But uh, I, he must have had a thing for young virgins or something like that. But it was very interesting just going through her life and how she came to be, and finding out that her father was actually the king of France right around the turn of the French Revolution, which is not what you want to have happen, because then you're an instant target. Um, But yeah, it was really interesting. Um, I love monarchy. I just love it. I find it fascinating. So for me, just to take a look at the uh, French monarchy at that time, um, and the revolution, it was just, really interesting so if you like historical fiction yeah nice i think that that'll be it because everything else is just
1: You <laughs> read a lot i read a lot <laughs> nice okay uh sean do you have any more
2: um i got one more
1: okay i went
2: back old school once again trying to recapture my childhood i started listening to uh Little House in the Big Woods by Laura Ingalls Wilder. Oh. Yeah, I read the entire series. So (laughs) I used to go to my grandparents' dairy farm every summer. I got shipped off there to help out for the summer. Mm -hmm. And out in the farm, like, predate, like, the telephone, I guess. I don't know. It was a long time ago. But one of the things I found looking through – the Closets was my mom's old set of Little House on the Prairie books. I didn't have anything else to do, so I started reading them, and mm. I loved them. I mm. absolutely loved them. So Did not
4: see this coming from Sean. <laughs> 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 well.
2: To know me is to love me. Anyway, uh, read them, and then I was like, oh, man, they're on Audible. I figured, oh, shit, man, I'm going to relive my childhood, And, like, I got the first one and you know the the story still it it took me back it was it was great the problem was the narrator oh my god just totally ruined it for me it was some lady reading it and like trying to do kids voices and stuff like that it just Oh, my God. I wanted to, like, reach through the electronic device and just strangle her. I was like, you're killing my childhood.
5: I hate (laughs) you, you
2: stupid bitch. And, oh, yeah, I was literally angry. I was like, I like the story, but I can't stand your voice. It was just like nails on a chalkboard. Like, every voice, like, her paw was horrible. Oh, my God. So, I guess you can't go back. That's the lesson. You, You can't go back. I still have those books, so I'll, I really want to. I think I'm just gonna have to read them again.
4: So you could physically read them. Yeah. Again.
2: Yeah. Sounds like it. Yeah. I did not see that coming, though. Like something that, like your childhood, and then like someone else does it, and it just
5: hmm. the
2: rage. I, man, it's been a long time since I've been that angry. A little hiss in the prairie of all things. Man. I know, right? Jeez. Triggers. Holy crap! Crazy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was. That was the last one for this year because I spent a lot of time on those. The uh, um, expeditionary force. Expeditionary force because I I listen to them at normal speed, not like you know other people. So like same here. <laughs> like with the Mavericks and all that, it would probably be about twenty two bucks or whatever. That that's a lot of time. Because
3: <laughs> <laughs> each of those books are in around like the ten to eleven hour mark, right? Like it's.
2: Oh yeah, they. The first one wasn't too bad but yeah they got really really long some of so. them are
1: definitely heftier than others but yeah yeah but um, yes,
2: so those are just the books that we didn't do for the show <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, I've got two more to go over one of them is Everything's Eventual another Stephen King book I was like alright got burned on the last one I'll read this one this is one of his um, collection of short stories and what's interesting is, is this is one of those that I should have read a long time ago one of the the short stories themselves are okay. One of the short stories, though, is a precursor to the events of uh the Dark Tower. And it's interesting. Um this is crazy. So the original website, uh One Man Asylum, we used to do um we would we did reviews and stuff, and then we would start writing some different articles and stuff. And I had written an article on um the three paths to read the dark tower. And it was like, you can read just the, the, I think it's seven. Actually, I think it's eight now the eight core books. You could go through and read, um, you get to a certain point and then you go read all of his other books because all of Stephen King's books reference the dark tower. Or I had also broken it into, well, if you want to read this through chronologically, um, these are the books you read, and then you read book one, and then you read these books, and then you read book two. And I did a bunch of research on it. Anyway, um, when we closed down the old site, I had someone contact me from um, uh, Reddit saying, what happened to this article? Because the Stephen King's community has been using this as like a roadmap for <laughs> years. And I'm just like, wow. what? Wow. <laughs> so I yeah, found all following. the information and I posted it. I was like, here, I will post it on you thing. i like, this is literally word for word. I just copied it and, and posted it up there. I'm like, so, you know, I'm sure it's out of date now because he's adding more books and stuff to it. Well, anyway, Everything Eventual was on that list because there's a short story that talks about uh, one of the things that happens to Roland with uh, the Little Sisters. And um, it's funny because I never read it. And so whenever that popped up, I was just like... It's a rolling story. I was so excited about it. Um, so yeah, I did. I did enjoy that. And then the last book that I had, and I had to double check, make sure that I did finish this within 2022 is destructive reasoning by Scott Meyer. (laughs) Um, I'm seeing head shakes and stuff there. I enjoyed it. Um, there were some problems mainly with the reader and not just because of the reader, just because of some of the voice work. Um, but yeah, we I'm sure we will discuss this sometime or another on the show. Uh so I'm not gonna go too far into it. But if you if you read the authorities, if you liked the authorities, this is the sequel book that did finally come out. Um what's funny is is uh, when we did the interview with Scott Meyer, we we asked him if he could tell us anything about anything and he, he makes this comment about do you know who has the what was it, the largest, the 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 best um investigation. Investi- in, in a private investigative like company firm or whatever. And we're like, no, who is like Target? And we're just like, okay, that's that's interesting. And then when you read this book, you're like, Okay, I see where that research went. So I thought that <laughs> was kind
4: of fun. Can I just say I don't think I've ever read a Stephen King book as None? you were talking? No, my mom collected them and I never saw her read one, even though she claimed to love him, but I watched some of the movies. I never read the books. Oh, don't want. I know, movies. I know.
2: The movies are horrible. But
4: I think I would like them. I just like never read them. I don't know why.
2: So. First Stephen King book I ever read was *Dreamcatcher*. I, which was, I actually didn't mind it. It was the of,
3: book is okay. It the weird. movie is horrible. <laughs> I think mine was
2: *Cujo*. Cujo's okay.
0: I, Jen, I've never read any Stephen King stuff.
2: Okay. I probably wouldn't have like it just like novel. everyone was reading them and he was so <laughs> huge I was like, maybe I should read one. And I found it for like two bucks in like a gas station. I'm like, Oh
5: let's
2: read it Yeah. Uh sphere or whatever the hell it uh Oh yeah, yeah. That was have well,
1: read at least one because my recommendation was uh Salem's Lot. Salem's Lot. That
2: was
4: I, read it. I oh, didn't do that one, yeah. I wasn't I there that much. <laughs>
2: I'm not a Stephen King fan sir. And there
1: are a lot of people who are not and I I just I like his books. So, I don't like all of them. Um honestly, of all of his books, if you're not necessarily interested in like the more horror aspect, um crap, I can never remember the date. The one he wrote about it was a Hulu series as well about the guy that goes back and tries to stop uh JFK from being assassinated. That is a fantastic book it may be one of his best ones because he worked with his son on it to to, uh, stick the landing.
2: Did he do Tommyknockers? Yes, he did. I I, See, all I could think of is that made-for-TV movie that had Belky in it. Yeah, (laughs) like I said, the movies are... I don't know. I just... I'm not...
1: And even then, like, It is okay. Like, the, the first of this remake, this first It movie was fantastic and the second one was just... The second one didn't hit as well.
2: All I can think (laughs) of is, like, that Family Guy episode where Brian accidentally hits him. And as he's flying through the air, he's like, this would make a great story. And he finishes his story before he hits the ground. Yep.
4: (laughs)
1: Once again, yet another uh, epic rap battles of history. Stephen King versus uh, Edgar Allan Poe. And he even's like, you know, I can write an entire novel in, like, eight lines, dude. (laughs) So... Anyway, so that is our show for the month ladies and gentlemen. Um real quick, is there any is there well, let me go through. So our next book uh for February uh is um The Overstory by Richard Powers. This was Jennifer's pick. And then our book for March will be A Darker Shade of Magic by V.E. Schwab, which is uh okay. Chris's pick. So um and real quick, it is there anything else anyone has been reading? The only other thing that I've read, and I didn't put it on there because I technically read it in January, uh, I did finish Earthside by Dennis e. Taylor.
2: Taylor. I'm reading Outland right now just to refresh myself.
1: I was – there were points drunk. in this book that I was like getting like emotionally like tense, and I'm just like <laughs> I don't know – this is a lot of heavy stuff. I don't know. I don't know I if I felt like that way going. about
2: Overstory.
1: <laughs> and then I and then I ended up I end up finishing the book and I'm like, nope, I like this. I like where it's going. Uh, but yes, we will definitely be talking about that one as well. It's um, so like I said. Uh, anything else anyone want to throw out there?
2: Um,
0: Early reading or that we read last year.
1: I am
3: reading a lot of psychological, uh, sorry, psychology, sociology, uh, different um, articles because I'm taking a course right now in organization behavior, uh, and uh, there's some heavy shit in there, but it's it's fascinating because it's shit that Chris and I talk about once in a while. So um, I have lessened the amount of time that I can read uh, this stuff. Because mm-hmm. I am currently in the course until April.
2: Gotcha. So, nice. <laughs> I did the overstore. Uh, oh, um uh, Number one in customer service, which is gonna be my pick when we get to it, with by uh, Larry Correria. Uh it's about multidimensional insurance agent.
1: <laughs> that sounds fun.
2: <laughs> Forget, it's read by Alec Baldwin or not Alec Baldwin. Adam Baldwin.
1: Really? Okay.
2: Oh my god, it is so good and you should read it right after overstory just to kind of mellow you out. <laughs> I can't wait really for Jen's take on this one. It's gonna be so good. <laughs>
1: <wait>. <laughs> well, like I said, he that is our show so for lot. the that is our show for the month, ladies and gentlemen. If you would please give us a five star rating on iTunes, Google Stitcher, wherever you listen to the show, you can find us at epicallygeeky.com. Where you can find the other shows we do To include The Epically Geeky Show The Creatively Geeky Show And Sustainably Geeky Show Uh, You can find us on most of the social networks Even though we're not that active uh, At Epically Geeky Where can we find you online, Ray?
3: Uh, The Reluctant Yeti on Instagram And I will start posting again soon I've got uh, um,
1: Some other paintings And
3: stuff that I want to get done But again, this course is kind of taking me away from that stuff I bet Uh, Yeah uh, I'll get back to probably in April. Nice.
1: Uh, Chris.
4: Um, all the shows you mentioned, and on Instagram at Movie Midlife. Jen. Uh, you can find me on sustainably geeky each month, sometimes here and epically geeky, and on Instagram and Twitter at That's Gonna Be Me.
2: John. The Mac Daddy of the geekies on epically geeky. As Jen rolls her eyes again at I me. Mean, Jesus Murphy. And your favorite broken toy on Instagram.
1: <laughs> and as always, you can find my individual wacky adventure online at OptimusGene on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For everyone on the site, have a good night.